Hey guys, let's talk about a common problem. You and your girl are having sex, but it's taking her a little bit longer to come than you. There is an orgasm gap, right? We all know it exists. But let me tell you, I have the perfect solution. And that's my sponsor, Promescence Delay Spray. It will not transfer to your partner and it's not going to totally numb you out. The thing I love best about Promescent is they have products for everyone. I use their warming gel. It's my personal fave. They also sell lube and condoms and supplements that are going to make you both hornier. There's a reason why over 2,000 medical professionals recommend Promescent. And I do too. And today, just for listening to my show, I'm going to give you 15% off your first order. That's right, 15% off your first order. So make sure to order up, okay, because you're going to get 15% off everything you order now. All you got to do is go to delayspray.com, use my code strictlyanon15. That's delayspray.com, use my code strictlyanon15 or go to the description and click on the link and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout. They have 60-day money-back guarantee and your package is going to arrive discreetly. Thanks, Promescent, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. Whatever podcast app you're listening to me, make sure to subscribe to my show. If you could give me a great review or just hit five stars, do that. It really helps the show. If you want to be on the show, this is uh, a call and advice show, I say, but not really. Sometimes I'm giving people advice. A lot of times I'm talking to people about their naughty secret lives. Uh, if you have a naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous, or you want some advice because you have a problem and your friends don't want to fucking hear about it anymore, uh, you could be on the show. I will give you my unprofessional advice. It's unprofessional, but I think I give good advice. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Um, so today I have on Kate. Now, Kate has her own podcast. Her and her husband have their own podcast. It's a hot wife swinger podcast. Uh, you know, so if you're interested in getting more information after you hear her talk, you got to check out her podcast. But let me just tell you, she came on here and she just has so much good information. Uh, you know, of course, I get her backstory. How did her and her husband open up their relationship? They were monogamous for many years before they became non-monogamous and opened up their relationship. She talks all about how that happened, how that transition, uh, you know, came about, the the issues they had going in, their rules and regulations, how they feel about rules and regulations now, what they're into, what they're not into. She gives some hot stories. She talks about, you know, how they label themselves. Uh, they swing all over the world. So she just came to the show and also because she's, you know, a podcaster and does this for a living with so much great information on, you know, whether rules and regulations work and how you should set them up in your relationship and how, you know, I asked her for three tips for couples to make the transition. Uh, you know, she gives her top three tips on how to go from being a monogamous, a monogamous couple to being non-monogamous. And it's not something that she says is for everybody. She's really straight up about that. Um, and about, you know, she's out to everybody about what she does. We talk about that. She talks about how, she does, you know, what's her favorite threesome, what her favorite experiences are when they're swinging, what she likes, what she doesn't like, you know, how they play, what, you know, what they do and, you know, why it all works for them. It's a super informative episode. You will learn a lot from her as well as find her story 
with her guy. Fascinating. If you want to see sexy pics of Kate, you could see those on my Patreon. You could also see sexy pics of mostly every other girl that has called into my show. So if you want to put a face or body, uh, if you want to put some sort of visual to the episodes, like I said, especially with the females, join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous podcast. Link is in the description. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Kate. This is the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Hey, Kate, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today all the way from wherever you're calling me from? I'm doing great. I'm from Croatia as it sits today, but in 10 days, I'll be from the Netherlands. So always moving around. Yeah, there you go. Well, listen, Kate, you're a lot of things. You are a Mm -hmm. hot wife. You're a swinger. You're a part of a swinger duo. You are also a podcast host yourself. You and is it your husband or just your partner? Daryl. My husband, yes. Your husband. So you and your husband, Daryl, have a podcast called Wanderlust Swingers. I'm sure we have a lot of the same listeners, right? But I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't heard about your podcast. So why don't you just give a brief description of your podcast and then we'll go into your backstory because that's what I love to get on my show. Absolutely. So our podcast, we actually just changed the name about a year ago because we retitled it as Wanderlust Swingers because of the fact that we travel so much and we move around the world so much but essentially we started the podcast six years ago when we began our non-monogamous journey Mm -hmm. and it was originally about us now it's kind of morphed into more about sex positivity in general events around the world we do club reviews like all of that we just like to just talk to people about sex positivity and really trying to open people's minds to the possibility of an alternative relationship like non-monogamy yeah i love that How did you guys get into the lifestyle? How long have you been together? When did you open up your marriage? Yeah. So we've actually been together now for around about 13 years, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I we, we have a different style of relationships where I actually have no idea on my da- on the dates of things and my husband does and <laughs> constantly great. takes the piss out of me because uh, it's, uh, it's around about 13 <laughs> or so years yeah. and we've been non-monogamous for six years so or just about six and a half or seven years. So mm-hmm. we have spent time together being monogamous and then time together being non-monogamous as well. So we kind of had that shift of our relationship where we did open it up to the idea of playing with other people. And how did that happen? Who brought it up? Like, was it a something that you guys were fantasizing about when you were intimate and then you decided to, you know, cross the line or, you know, what happened that, you know, created that shift in your relationship? Yeah, I love telling people this story because yeah. I... I'm a self-confessed like nerd. I'm a little bit awkward. I'm an Aussie, you know, all of these things. <laughs> yeah. And so how it started was my husband and I, we talk about everything, you know, dreams, hopes, aspirations. Yeah. He came home one day and he said, what are your sexual fantasies? And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, I have no fucking idea. And let me come back to you. And then I went to Google and I typed in like the most common sexual fantasies. Oh and my God, I love that. Up. That's hilarious. And Exactly. I'm like the nerd and you know, <laughs> figuring things out. Yeah. And I started to look at the list and I was like, oh, okay, there's these things, there's that. And then we started watching some porn that was kind of shaped around swinging and threesomes and orgies and that sort of thing. And then there was a show at the time called Playboy TV Swing. We started watching that. And that kind of gave me the opportunity to say, I like that. I don't like that. That seems interesting. That's not my bag of, you know, chips. And then we just started researching about swinging and at the time there wasn't a lot of resources available so we just honestly went to a swingers club and that was uh that was it really your first experience was a swingers club you guys went together now did you engage Mm -hmm. did you just sit back and watch did you go all out did you have and then my second question would be did you have set up rules and regulations and boundaries before you had that first first experience or did that come later well, it's interesting you say that because actually on the first trip to the Swingers Club, I broke a rule. So oh, no the way <laughs> that, yeah, the way that we recount this is we were going to be wallflowers. We we're going to go to a club, yeah. see what it's about and see if it freaked us out or not or whether it seemed like it was even our scene. And, you know, there, there, again, there wasn't a lot of information about what clubs looked like even back then. You know, yeah. that's actually one of the reasons why we try to do a lot of YouTube tours of clubs around the world because, 
we just wanted to take the taboo away from it. But we turned up at this club and our rules and boundaries are we're going to be wallflowers. We're, we're going to talk to people, but we're not going to engage in any kind of sexual activity. Mm-hmm. And I kissed a girl within the first hour of kind of being there. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, a lot of people would be like, well, a kiss is a kiss. And you're right, 100%. But it wasn't about the kiss. It was about the fact that we'd gone in there with these hard and fast black and white rules and mm-hmm. we said this is what we are and we, what we are not going to do. And I broke that. So it was actually very early in our relationship that we threw the rule book out the window and we said instead of having that, let's have a few a few rules, yes, like playing safely and, and health is uh, important, of course. But then everything else is kind of a discussion point. Um, so that's kind of how we how we went at our first club. I went in there, kissed a girl, broke a rule. We came back out and we're like, this this whole rule thing maybe is a bit too structured, doesn't work for us. Let's try to recreate something that does work for our relationship and our dynamic. Yeah, it's interesting because I've spoke to so many different swingers and I get different you know, stories all the time. And it's always interesting to hear a different angle or a different way that a couple approaches things. But what I do hear a lot, and tell me if you hear this as well, because now you do talk to other swingers on your podcast, right? Besides yourselves, and you obviously know many of them, that, you know, a lot of times people set up all these rules, but the more they keep doing it and they're in the lifestyle, the more those rules fall to the wayside. And uh, uh, like a lot of people wind up with no rules <laughs> down the line, you know, because it's like, is that how what happened with you guys? Or do you hear that a lot as well? Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool, too. Send me an email. Strictly Anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's Strictly Anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yeah, I actually spoke about that recently on a podcast episode of ours because, and you, you're dead on. Mm-hmm. What happens is when people, if, if, especially if you've been in a, a previous relationship that has been monogamous, mm-hmm. when people start dipping their toes in this, your, your immediate concern is your primary relationship, right? And so what you do is you instill these rules and you bring them in because the idea being that these things, these rules will help us to safeguard, no matter what, safeguard our relationship, our primary relationship, that's what we care about. And so you bring all these rules in because you think these will help us. These are our safety net. Yeah. If we don't do anything wrong, if we follow this guidebook, then there's no way that I can have any problem with my relationship. Yeah. And then as you start to navigate the lifestyle and your communication gets better and you figure out even really what the lifestyle is and mm-hmm. how you are going to repro- approach it, that's when people start to go, you know what, it's maybe not necessarily about throwing the rule book out, but it's, the, it's more of that understanding that, okay, we're in this together definitely. I don't see any danger zone ahead. Therefore, these rules maybe don't apply to us anymore and we can probably navigate any negative situation that may, you know, may arise. Right. So when you said, so, you know, everything began, then became a discussion. Did you mean that? So now moving forward, the next time you went out or when you would just discuss it when it happened and if it happened. That's correct. Yeah. Right. So we decided discussing if we go to an event, mm-hmm. a swingers event, a swingers resort, a club, whatever, generally we'll say, hey, you know, like, what are your sexual interests? Like, what are your desires for tonight? Like, where do you see this going? And that's nice, too, because it's a bit of fantasy talk. You know, you might be yeah. like, mm, you know, I'm kind of thinking like three girls and a guy, whatever it might be. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it helps it helps your partner to then frame their mind around, okay, I'm going to also be the wing person and be on the lookout for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exciting and all the rest of it. But then if you get there and, and you decide I don't want to do that or I want to go in a different direction, then it's having a, a quick discussion with your partner and saying like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And the other person being like, yep, that sounds amazing. Or I don't know about that. Can we try this instead? Right. Just having a bit more of a, I guess, a flexible communication spectrum because that way you can, as things crop up, have a reaction to them. Oftentimes when people put the rules in place, you can't make a rule for every circumstance that'll pop up in your lifestyle journey. And so then if something does come up that you, you know, again, you haven't decided that this is that safeguard for, yeah. 
that's when it, it's a bit of a danger zone rather than going, okay, this happened. How can we, how can we work through it? How can we move on? Yeah. I love that. That's an interesting angle as well to put out there. You know, I, I don't think I've had other people specifically say that, but I think that that is what uh, the place that a lot of people eventually get to. And that's what works. You know, I have heard like, you know, listen, you, when you have an open relationship, you like it's all about trust and communication, and you know if jealousy comes up, and sometimes it does even with the most comfortable, you know, sec- in the most comfortable, secure relationships, and you just discuss those things, and you can move through them. Absolutely, and I think you know you mentioned jealousy there, and you said that it comes up, and it does. I mean, I I don't think that there's any shame in in, in jealousy. You know, we call the jealousy like the green-eyed monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, want to really vict- you know make a horrible thing about it as opposed to owning it. And I think there is courage and just something in something beautiful about someone saying, I will, I am jealous right now, or I was jealous and telling your partner, telling your friends and then going, how can we, how can we fix that in the future? How can I, do I need to include you more? Because I mean, standing up and owning some of these things can mean that the next time you're happier and having a better time or whatever it might be. So I don't know, just, just own it. If you are jealous, it's fine. Yeah. So let's get back to your experiences. So you go to that first swingers club, you kiss a girl. Had you ever been with women before? Did you know that you were attracted to women or was this totally new for you? (laughs) I have been with, I had been with women in the past, um, but I'd never classified myself as bisexual. And the funny story about that was even after that first club experience, it wasn't until I want to say a year and a half or two years later and it was somewhere over the Pacific Ocean and we were on our way home and <laughs> yeah. we were traveling. I had my um, noise canceling headphones on and I turned to my husband and because I was watching a movie yeah. and I was like, I think I'm bisexual. And it was about one in the morning on the plane. So everyone was asleep and he's like, that's great. Can you turn the level down a little bit? You're yelling at me. <laughs> oh my God. Hilarious. Now everyone in the plane knows too. But what's your exactly. definition? Because I used to always get it so wrong. And I've been schooled and that's what I love doing my show because I learned so much talking to other people. And I always used to think, because like I'm a 50 something, right? So I'm like from that generation where, you know, you were straight, you were gay or you were bisexual. And bisexual to me, what I always believed it was, was like, you're just interested sexually in somebody else. But what people used to always like write into my show and be like, no, Kathy, you got it totally wrong. Like bisexual is like you would date like, like you could have feelings for a woman as well. Like, what is bisexual to you when you say, oh, I realized I was bisexual? It's a really, really good question. And I'm sure you've heard this on your podcast or probably even brought it up before. But the Kinsey scale, of course, is great for yeah. discussing your level of bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would sit on there that I am around about a, a, a four um I uh, probably sorry, wrong way around. Around about a yeah, kind of like a two, two to three. So I would um, date mm-hmm. uh, a lady. Sorry, no, I am a four. I beg pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the wrong way here. Um, I would absolutely date a lady. I would have no problems with that. I am extremely picky when it comes to females. I'm actually more picky when it comes to a female than I am when it comes to a male. Oh, interesting. uh, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it comes to the you know the sexual, intimate, more side of things, then I enjoy all body shapes and sizes and 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 sexuality and sexual orientation. So for me, it is um, I would yeah, I'm pretty much a bit of both actually. A bit of both, meaning by into men of, and women is what you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I think in in terms of dating, probably leaning a little bit more to dating men. Now, do you guys like, because we still haven't gotten into your story so much, but, and I will go there, but what I was wondering it, because you're saying like dating, you know, use that word. Do you guys also consider yourself poly? Do you have emotional relationships with these other people or is it always strictly kept to, you know, sexual relationships? It's an interesting one. When we first started our journey, let me let me just answer the question really quickly. We yeah. don't identify as polyamorous. Uh-huh. But when we first started our journey, I remember using the word love and yeah. um, it took me a long time to come to I guess terms that, that that word doesn't it doesn't mean 
one thing for, and that's the only purpose for it. So for me, we do have friends that we have had for a long time now. Um, we call them their pants on, pants off friends. Mm-hmm. So we hang out with them, whether it's wine tasting or archery or traveling. And then sometimes we actually do, you know, have sex. And <laughs> so those people, I, I use the word love for because I do love them. I would give them the last dollar in my bank account, take the shirt off my back. You know, I would help them in a time of need and I'm there for their joyous moments. But in terms of a deep emotional love like I have with my partner, I don't have that for them. So I think there is many different levels of love. Yeah, for sure. So those people, I love that term you said, what are they, pants off, pants on relationships? (laughs) Pants on, pants off friendships, yeah. It's something that when we started our lifestyle journey, we were like, what are we? Are we one night stands, like hit it and quit it, take no names kind of thing? Yeah. Or do we want to form, you know, a little bit of a relationship with people? And that's kind of where we ended up in this pants on, pants off friendship. Yeah, that's the other thing I I hear uh, from couples. Definitely people have, you know, not only just types in their relationship, but types of relationships with other couples that they want to set up. I hear a lot of like, oh, we don't want to just hit it and quit it. But I love when I talk Mm -hmm. to the couple that are like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's all we want to do. Like, I don't want to talk to them afterwards. You know, like everybody's different. You know, I think it's mostly... You know, and and I think what's great is when you have that compatibility with your partner that you both are down for the same thing and you want to set it up the same way and it works the same, the same thing works for the both of you. Yeah. And I mean, we do hit it and quit it sometimes yeah. you know, at, a, at a club yeah. at a club in Dallas, Texas. One time we were like, we're going to go in there, we're going to go in the orgy room and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Recently, we went to Carp Dog in France and the same thing. We're going to go there, we're going to meet some people that we think are pretty that are attractive that seem like good humans and then we're going to go fuck them so you know we do a level of both but for longer term people um you know we do tend to make friendships right so now after your first swingers club experience did you keep going back to that club like when did you guys really get into it (laughs) (laughs) hell no and hell no because why not yeah it was a shitty club like actually it was it was one of the worst clubs I've been to around the world. And I think we've been to clubs in like 27 different countries now. Oh, so wow. it was, it was the worst club we've ever been to almost to date, actually, I would say. So we didn't go back to that club. We found another club that we ended up going back to, became members of, and were just there a lot of the time, you know, and got to meet people that were there, got to meet the owners and, and um, really found our feeding, found our foot in, sorry, <laughs> found <laughs> our foot. <laughs> We found our feet in the the lifestyle in that particular area. And then at the the second time we visited a club, so this is at the new club, somebody said to us, what's your handle? And at the time we looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck is this person talking about? And what they meant was your, your dating profile handle. So there are, you know, swinger dating sites that are specifically for people that are in non-monogamous relationships. We had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so we did things a little bit backwards. Sometimes people join a dating site and then go to a club. We went to a club because for whatever reason, they obviously had very good search engine optimization on their website. We went there first. And then the people in the club alerted us to this whole other world of dating sites. And uh, that evening, we went home, set up a profile on three dating sites in Australia and uh, and then just started to kind of date couples um, two on two. Mm-hmm. And now what, you know, as far as, so you went into it, you both knew that you wanted to like get to know the people and everything. Now you're bisexual. Does your husband play with the guy? I mean, what are you guys into when you're hooking up with this? Did you start off with soft swaps and then do full swaps? Do you want to have great orgasms? Like the best orgasms you've ever had? then you need to get yourself a crescendo vibrator. Whether you're going to play alone or with your partner, it's going to get the job done. It is seriously like no other vibrator out there. All you got to do is go to mysteryvibe.com and look at it. And once you see it, you're going to know exactly what I mean. With Crescendo, you buy one vibrator and end up with infinite options because it is fully fucking bendable. That's right. You could bend it into all kinds of various shapes and you could customize the vibration patterns because it has six motors divvied out through the whole vibrator. There's a reason why it has won over 20 international awards. It is seriously one of a kind. So do something nice for yourself or your partner and get a crescendo and use my code strictly 15 to get 15% off at mysteryvibe.com. Again, just go to mysteryvibe.com, use my code STRICTLY15 for 15% off, or go to the description and click on the link, and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout. 
My next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to get all my vitamins and minerals in one full swoop. So I was super excited to try Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, I was shocked at how good it tasted. I swear. I'm like so into health and fitness that I, of course I've tried like every green drink out there. But Athletic Greens is literally the only one that tastes good. You'll be shocked. I was shocked and super happy because now it's so simple for me to stay healthy. I just take one packet a day, mix it with water, drink it up, and I feel great. There is no more need for a million different pills and supplements, okay? So think of all the money you're going to save. It's also super clean, no GMO, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it has less than one gram of sugar, which is great because sugar is evil. (laughs) Want to be healthier? To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash strictly anon. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash strictly anon to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So we we started off, the very first experience we had was um, same room sex or parallel play. Mm-hmm. So that was us having sex with each other and another couple in the same bed naked having sex with each other. And that was our first experience, again, just to test the waters, to see if this yeah. was even something we were interested in. Mm-hmm. The first time we did any kind of swapping was actually Daryl having sex with another lady and her husband and I were watching on the bed. So they were new in the lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so were we. So our first experience was together. And I didn't have any kind of sexual intercourse with the guy that was sitting next to me with the other husband whilst our partners were playing and we just sat there and watched and just kind of took it all in and um, so that was our first kind of swapping experience but how we approach things now I don't play with every woman that is part of a couple that we play with I play with maybe 30% of the women um, that that are in couples mm-hmm. my partner has played with men in in the past um, a little bit with some of the some guys but he is very, very selective, and and that's a very infrequent thing. I can probably think of four times in the in the last couple of years that right. that, that has happened. So right, but you had said, mentioned before you're pretty picky for some reason, or f- with women when it comes to women. Mm-hmm. So that's why you yeah. t- t- don't really fool around with all. Of them. Now that first experience when you saw your guy having sex with another woman. Was it a turn on? Was it a turn on? And it, but there was like confliction because you were a little jealous. I mean, how did you feel that first time when you saw that? I'm definitely nervous. You know, mm-hmm. what does this actually mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think when you get into a relationship, you generally, unless you're like high school sweethearts, you generally tend to know that, hey, your partner has had sex with somebody else. That's just yeah. the reality of being an adult, right? Mm-hmm. But you rarely see it unfold in front of you. And so I think there was definitely a level of of nervousness, like what if we do this and then there's, you know, just you're at the point of no return. And I think for a lot of people, you feel like you're, you know, a freight train running off the tracks at this point, you know. What if I do this and I wake up tomorrow morning and I have so many regrets and it's ruined our entire life and everything else? Well, the thing about this is that if if it doesn't go right, you turn around and you go back. You don't need to stay in the lifestyle and, and you can stop doing what you're doing. You know, there are ways to you know, turn back the clock, but it was nervousness. It was excitement. Um, I was definitely turned on, you know, the husband and I kind of sitting at the edge of the bed, watching, like touching each other, but that's about it. And, and just kind of watching And they were also having sex on a sex swing too. And I'd never seen that before. So it was kind of a lot of newness and just nervous excitement, I would say. Well, now cuck queen were, you know, that word has been coming up on my show because then I always find like on my podcast, like I get one person on and then I have a lot of people coming to me with the same thing. And so like I had one girl, it was like the first time I've been doing my show for like like, seven years, somebody that just, you know, put that word to what she was into. And she's like, you know, I'm a total cuck queen. And then I aired that episode. And now I have like all these girls calling in and emailing me like, oh, I want to be on your show. I'm a cuck queen. And like, there's just not a lot of cuck queen, quote unquote, stuff out there, you know, but I feel like... Like it's just something that people don't put that term to it, but a lot of women maybe have that kink. I don't know what you would call it. I mean, do you consider yourself a cuck queen? Does it turn you on to see your guy? I know that the humiliation aspect doesn't have to be there. I don't think so to be called a cuck queen or even a cuck. Do you ha- Do you consider yourself a cuck queen? 
I actually, I don't actually, and you're right, humiliation doesn't need to be there for either a cup queen or, or a cup old. Yeah. Um, I, I don't consider myself mm-hmm. um, in that realm. I do like seeing my partner play with others, but I, it's not something that I am eager and, and lusting yeah, yeah, yeah. after. Yeah. You know, we play with single men, so we have MFM threesomes quite often. And that is definitely something my husband likes. He really gets a lot out of seeing me being pleasured by other men in particular. He sees me with women, of course, but it's, I think, more of that masculine energy that, that he really likes seeing yeah. you know, me with other men. Um, I do actually have a girlfriend, though, um, in Nashville, and she loves seeing her husband with other women. Mm-hmm. Loves it. Like, she is happy to sit back on the couch with a vibrator whilst her husband is fucking another woman, and that's kind of her live porn. She really, really enjoys that. And I know that more and more women are, I guess, coming to terms with the fact that that's okay as part of your sexuality. Yeah, and that they might be a cuck queen. Like, oh, there's the, that's what I am. Like, that's what what I'm into. That's what it falls into. And I, I just think, because I know that when I've had these women call in, they say, like, when they go looking for it and they try to find it, whether it's porn or anything out there, there's just not a lot, you know, but I think that there are, definitely are women like that. Your guy sounds like a true cuck then, for sure, right? And that's why you're that hot wife. Or is it, you know, I get confused with stag, vixen, hot wife, you know, cock. (laughs) Maybe you could explain it a little bit. Yeah, we actually, we interviewed recently Dr. Justin Miller on our podcast because he's done a lot of research about what cuckolding is, what hot wifing is and non-monogamy. And I actually opened the the podcast with that exact thing. Can you tell me what it is? Because there are are so many ways to approach non-monogamy and, you know, some people might identify in a certain way, but they might be... I guess a little bit misguided. My husband actually doesn't identify a, as a cuck. So mm-hmm. he's involved. But right. sometimes, like recently, I went over to the United States for a trip. I was doing a business trip over there and I was talking to him about it was my birthday and I was saying, you know what, I'm going to put like an Amazon wish list up and I want, you know, guys to start buying me lingerie and then I want to take that lingerie and take photos and videos and be super slutty and send that back to that person. And in that aspect, he would have not been involved, you know, it's all from afar yeah. and I would have been sending him back the details. So in that circumstance, he would have actually been more of a cuck than normal, um, yeah. but he doesn't normally identify that way. Right. So those MMF threesomes, he's involved and that's the difference. The cuck would be sitting back like your friend who the, the girl, the cuck queen who really loves to watch that go on. And that's what I do find when I'm talking to these guys who are cucks you know like i said it doesn't have to have that humiliation aspect in but they love to stay home go do your thing and you know they're just horny thinking about it you know and then she comes home and you know whether they send pictures or they call i've had ones that they call on the phone and they hear their wife you know it really is like i guess that's a good distinction you know that the husband isn't involved when the husband is Mm -hmm. that's a totally different thing and your husband's always down for those the the guy guy girl threesomes Oh, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. MFMs are probably one of our favorites that we've had for the last couple of years as we move to the Netherlands because there are so many attractive looking couples in the Netherlands and clubs. I imagine we're probably going to shift back from MFM threesomes back to couple play for a little while. Um, So we're looking forward to that, actually. Really looking forward to it. Oh, okay. So wait, your pickiness with women, like what is it that you're totally down for? Is it like looks? And that's why in the Netherlands you'll be like (laughs) down for the girls because they're all beautiful. Uh, I'm actually, the reason I'm picky is because I am, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I expect a lot from women. You know, I, I want women to be, you know, succeeding in life and, and be witty and intelligent, but also have a bit of a silliness side to them and, you know, be a bit quirky or nerdy. And, and that's why. So when I, when I look at a woman, it's not just about looks for me, it's about, can they, you know, hold an intellectual conversation with me, but at the same time be super flirty, you know? And so those things for me are a little bit hard to come by sometimes, particularly if the other woman is bisexual or maybe she's bisexual but for show, you know, not necessarily really actually into women. But I guess the way that some couples approach the lifestyle, it's the ladies that kind of are the lubrication to the play. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I really want the other lady to be actually bisexual as well. And so sometimes that combination is a little bit hard to find, but I am much harder <laughs> on women uh, propelling propelling our sex forward than than men, um, unfortunately. 
Right. And so when it comes to a guy, because I feel like when you're saying, oh, you know, like I need her to be witty and be more interesting and, you know, sort of connect on another level than just a physical level. And I feel like women are kind of wired that way. Like I would say that about guys, you know, for me with guys, it's not so much about the look. I would use that same, you know, scenario. So, but, but for you with guys, when you're just playing with them in the lifestyle, you don't really need that connection. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it depends on how I'm playing with him. We have a yeah. long-term play partner here in Croatia, mm-hmm. and he's a lovely gentleman. He has the same interests that we do. But if I'm looking for a, a one-night stand with a guy, if we're just traveling or something like that, and they are attractive to me physically, and they seem like they're a good human, I'm down to play. You know, I don't need to know that they, you know, work at a, an adoption shelter on the weekends or anything like uh-huh. that. You know, I'm just happy as long as they can they can have a conversation before we fuck. Then, then yeah, happy for that. Right. And now do you, do you have this one long term play partner, this guy now, have you had, do you have other, a lot of other couples that you play with in your area and those are long term too, or because you travel so much, you have just people in different places that you know and keep in touch with. And then when you go to that area, you play with them. Yeah. You hit an owl on the head. When we were living in Australia, more long term at the beginning of our journey, mm-hmm. we had regular play partners that were both singles and couples. Since we moved, um, first of all, to Singapore and now in Croatia, we really struggled to find couples that are more of that pants-on, pants-off uh, friendship. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Netherlands, people are obviously much more liberal there and there's more couples on the apps there. So I imagine, uh, envisage that we will find couples there to to play with a little bit more long-term. But we do have people all over the world, so it's not uncommon for us to fly to a city or travel a holiday somewhere with a couple and you know, we, we know them, we're friends with them, but then, you know, when we catch up, it's like, okay, let's have sex. <laughs> right. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, you know, when you do, cause you do talk to swingers from all over, all around the world. Do you see differences based on where they're from? I mean, it sounds like you do considering like what you just said about the Netherlands, you know, um, do you see like the difference based on where people are from and like trends that you could pick, you know, talk about? A hundred percent. It's actually something that that I'm I'm focusing on at the moment. I'm going to do another episode soon and it's called Swinging Around the World and it's that exact thing because Mm -hmm. we have swung in so many different places and seen so many different cultures. So an example of that is that very much in the European culture, it is a hit it and quit it culture. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you'll go to like when we're at Carp Dog in France, um, when we're at a Spain swingers club. It is very much of a, I'm going to touch you first, just check, triple check that there's consent there. And then, hey, if you give me the nod, like, let's go fuck. Yeah. Um, versus going to a club in, say, America, where people will talk to you for a little bit. And same thing with if you go to the resorts in Mexico, people might want to form a little bit more of a, a relationship, even if it is only just at the club for that one night. But it might be, you know, a couple of drinks and discussions some sexy, floaty dancing. Then you might progress into something a little bit more sensual, some lingerie. Later on in the evening, you might then have sex versus maybe in the European culture, it's more of a sex first, maybe a drink after. Um, and, uh, and, and and then there's some stigma in different places too. You know, in, in Asia, a lot of the places that we were, when we were living in Singapore, visiting down there, you might have uh, interracial um, relationships and between their relationship they might have perhaps a European and an Asian and the Asian might be growing up with a little bit of stigma around sexuality and yeah. even their their own body. And then you've got a European who's very liberal and happy and, you know, all these sorts of yeah. things and, and has, has lived this life that is very much, you know, your body is not a horrible thing that you need to hide away from the world. And so even sometimes when we're visiting and we see those interracial um, couples it's very interesting how they, they also approach the, the swinging lifestyle. Yeah. Now you guys, where are you based now? You're based in Croatia, but is that where you're based now? Yes. But then moving to the Netherlands in 10 days. <laughs> and you're moving there. Yes. Moving there. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're super excited. Now, where do you have website? Well, Lola, let me ask you this question. I do want to get still just more specific about you. Do you, what is like your top of the mountain sexual experience is it the two guys and you is it a fucking orgy is it you know a couple swap like what is it for you that you love the most it's uh we call it a puppy pile and what that means is that it's a bunch of people who are very happy to be in the same room together they may not have played with each other before but they're very comfortable around each other some people in the room are bisexual both females and males in the room are bisexual and everybody is just 
in amongst each other in this puppy pile basically so i would be with a girl over here and maybe there's a guy from behind me and then i'm talking and then i'm dealing with another guy in front of me and then another lady comes over and then i spend some time with her and it's just that intermingling that is my favorite by far lifestyle experience um and we haven't had one in a couple of years so you know send me some good vibes and hopefully that comes up soon uh, puppy it's puppy pile like a little dog puppy uh, yeah, puppy ball. Oh my god, that's so funny. That kind of makes sense, like because all puppies are just so excited to all be see each other, right? Is that what it's about? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my yeah. god. So, um, so and now for your husband, is it the same thing? I mean, does you know, is that his favorite thing as well? Yes, it is because. We do, I mean, for him, he gets to see me interacting with a lot of different people and he gets to interact with a lot of different people. Um, my husband has a very, very short refractory period. So for him, he will play with multiple different people on the one evening, um, a lot of different ladies and and have a really, really awesome time and then still be able to play with me as well. So it's great visual stimulation for him, but then physically he gets to be with a lot of different people. So it's it's uh, definitely a fun time for us both. I think that's probably the the thing that's most favorite of ours in the lifestyle. Refractory period. Do you mean like after he orgasms, like he could just go have another one and you maybe need a little bit more time in between? Is that what you're talking about? Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. I talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Yeah, so he gets hard. He can After he comes, he can get hard again and then have sex again. Right. How old Quite is he? Quite quickly. So, so some, some men, he, he's 45. Uh-huh. Some men may require a longer refractory period. Yeah, so yeah. You, you find some couples may, if they have sex, they may take a little bit before they can play again, which is why some men may not have sex with their partner or masturbate before they go to a swingers club because they don't want to, you know, <laughs> I guess, waste it. And then, you know, when they get there, they'll be with somebody else. Right. And now you said, you mentioned before, like, and maybe it's different because, you know, depending on where you live and but where you live, but like, can you give people listening like the the best three websites or apps that you recommend for people to find other people because people are always asking me um i i definitely have had people call in and they always give you know their favorite app that, to use and mm. I, I tend to hear stuff that's sort of across the board no matter where they're calling from i mean what do you think is the best app to find other yeah, partners we I think we've got about 10 listed on our website because there are um, because of the regions we travel to. But down in Australia, the app for if you're from Australia is Red Hot Pie. Mm -hmm. That is the best one down in Australia. The only one I would recommend. In fact, there are a few, but that's definitely the, the standout. If you're around um, the European um, side of things and also at some locations in America, there is an app called SDC. It used to be called Swingers Date Club. They've changed their name about five times now. But if you type in SDC, you'll figure it out. Um, so they're in... Um, places around Europe and then also in spots in America, certain states or cities in America, for example, they are uh, quite popular in Dallas and Texas. And oh, then interesting. If, mm -hmm. Yeah, oddly enough. So they're very popular in the Netherlands, very popular in other places, and then also, you know, Dallas, Texas. And then there is another one in the United States, if you're more on the West Coast, that's called Cassidy, mm -hmm. and that is a really big one um, in America as well. And I'll give you a fourth one if you're in the UK, Fab Swingers. FAB Fab Swingers. That's the one that's uh, popular in the UK. And then also other areas of Europe, places like Italy, places like France, you might get a spicymatch.com. Wow. What is your website so that people could actually, you know, if the, you know someone's driving, listening to these and they're like <laughs> trying to remember yeah. them, like where do they go to find this information? Because you're saying you have a website. I mean, is there a lot of other things that it goes down on your website? Why don't you give like a little shout out? And I'll put all the links to all your stuff in the description. Yeah, it's it's just wanderlustswingers.com and mm -hmm. on our website we have blog posts, our podcasts, YouTube videos, as well as a number of different uh, ways that you can contact us. Um, so, And we do mention, like I said, those, those websites and, and places that we visit. So wanderlustswingers.com. This is, might be a weird question, but I'm just curious. Like, what, what, was your, what was the name of your podcast before and why did you switch it? Is it because you just started to talk about different things and the title didn't fit? Mm. So we used to be called Swinging Down Under. 
um, oh, because okay. we started. I remember we're Australian. That. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, we were Australian and we started our podcast down in Australia during our thing, and we thought it was a nice little play on words, you know, swinging down under, swinging dick, and then we moved to Singapore. But we still kept swinging down under because in my mind, I'm like, we're still kind of like just on slightly below the equator. Yeah, you're still and down so under, I, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of kept it there even when we're in Singapore. And when we moved to Europe, I was like, okay, enough is enough. We have mm-hmm. to rebrand. And so that's why we, we rebranded to the Wanderlust Swingers. Yeah, that's so interesting. Now, I remember seeing that. Uh, and you're on YouTube too? We are, yeah. We just actually, um, I was in Nashville and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I just, my latest video that just went up was actually an inside look into a swingers club, a brand new swingers club. It's three months old in, in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, we do try to put videos up where we showcase some of the clubs or places that we visit to try and remove the stigma that they're not, you know, filthy, dirty rat holes, that they are actually quite nice places. Oh, yeah, I know the stigma that is attached to a lot of this stuff. I mean, that's why I love doing my show. I always say, like, I started my show because I really like to help people, you know, and it just turned into what it turned into kind of by accident. But I do feel like I help people. I get emails all the time from people, and I'm sure you do too, you know, because it's just about Mm -hmm. bringing awareness to, I think that everybody, people that aren't in the lifestyle or don't know anything about it or stay so far away from it, and whether it's the lifestyle or these kinks and fetishes or any of the stuff that I'm talking about on my show too, people have an idea of like who these people are. I think that they just think it's just, I don't know, and I'm just kind of like, they're the people sitting next to you. They might be the people in your family, you know? I mean, these are, Mm -hmm. it could be your boss or the person's working for you. I mean, these are just regular people and this is what they do in that part of their life. Now you are straight out open, you know, your face is on all your stuff. I mean, I'm anonymous on my show and people who call in are anonymous. So you are definitely out to everyone Mm -hmm. about your lifestyle. Now, how did that go with people that you knew? Like, was there any kind of pushback that you got with, with your family and friends? Like, how was that coming out for you? Yeah. So when we actually started our podcast, our names and our faces were not out for many, many years. In fact, Uh Yeah, so what took us to Singapore was actually a, a business promotion, a work promotion for me, mm-hmm. um, the director of Asia Pacific, and uh, I had a morality clause in my contract that would have led me to be fired if they found our podcast or our lifestyle. That's right. just the reality of the contract I had. Mm-hmm. I quit my job in April of 2019, and that is the day that our faces went out on the internet on social media. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so before that, though, I had started to tell my friends. Um, I was having a conversation with one of my best male friends from high school and we were just sharing some things and I just shared the fact that, hey, look, I'm non-monogamous. My, you know, Daryl and I, who you've known, he's known me, so like I said, since high school, I said, yeah, this is what we do um, on the weekends and we have a podcast and, you know, it, when you see us traveling around the world, like generally that's where we're going and, and he was he was absolutely fine with it and um, since then, we've told other friends who were all uh, fine with it as well. Some are more curious than others. You know, mm-hmm. some are just like, okay, no worries. Like, what you do in your bedroom is your, your business. And then that's the last we'll really talk about it. Other people might start to ask us questions like, how does that work? You know, and those sorts of things. Um, Daryl's niece actually one time found our Instagram. And so he called his nephew, kind of going, hey, oh, no. what's, what's going on? And he called yeah. his sister and said, hey, you know, they found the, they found the Instagram. Like, don't be shocked if, if you know, you get asked questions. Um, everybody's been pretty accepting. I think that there are some people that have kind of just slowly faded away. Um, but that's also just because we travel so much and we live in so many different countries. You know what I mean? So those relationships just, I think, have their, their path to walk and, and that one doesn't really exist in our, in our circle anymore. And so now we have a lot of lifestyle-based friends. You know, you find yourself kind of wanting to be around your tribe and people that understand you. And so just naturally, you start to get more and more lifestyle friends. Right. And now what would be your tips to people who are in a monogamous relationship? Because I get those people a lot on my show, you know, whether it's a man or a woman that, you know, they, they, they've been in their monogamous relationship, they want to cross over to the other side. But like you said, you know, it, you, it does feel like a train running off the tracks. Like, you know, the, there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of fear because there's a lot of unknown, you know, like what would be your, your top three tips for that person, those, that couple, that person, how to yeah. maybe get their partner into it and cross that line? Sure, sure. I will first um, preface this with the fact that the, the lifestyle is not for everybody. I yeah. know there, there are some non-monogamous creators out there that they do say things like, you know, uh, toxic monogamy. I don't believe in that. I believe <laughs> right. in the fact that 
you can you can choose the way your life is shaped, and I believe that also for relationships. So yeah. it's not going to be for everybody. So that's my preface, um, my terms and conditions right there. But um, my first thing that I always tell people, my recommendation is to you've probably been that person, that one individual, even if they're in a relationship, there's probably one individual who's been thinking about this for some time, fantasizing about it, thinking about it, and and wanting to bring it up to their partner. So what happens is you might be two years into thinking about this, but the time that you talk to your partner is you're, in their mind, springing this on them. So what I always tell people is before you talk to your partner about this, think about why you want to join the lifestyle. What about non-monogamy it interests you, excites you. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have that conversation with your partner and their reaction is probably going to be, am I not good enough for you? Right. Why do you want to do this? And if you can't articulately respond to them in a manner that is about you know, your primary relationship and exploring different parts of life with your partner, if you can't articulate to them, you might you might be really doing some damage. So my first, my first uh, thing is always... Why do you want to? Why do you want to do this? What about it interests you? What about it excites you? So you can articulately have that conversation with your partner, and then and then when you're having that conversation, don't have it when your partner's like trying to get the kids' lunches ready and rushing them off to school. You know, have it <laughs> yeah. when you're in an environment that is a little bit more welcoming to these conversations rather than springing this on them. Um, and then the other things really too is to once you're having the conversation with your partner to think about how you want to approach it. Do you want to just be in the lifestyle for one week a year when you go and visit a resort in Mexico and let your freak flag fly? Do you want to find single women, single men? Do you want to go to clubs? Like how do you see yourselves approaching the lifestyle and make sure that you're on the same page? And then the third thing is to have a think about your rules and boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, we spoke, about, we spoke about them earlier, but those are some of the things that can kind of lay that original foundation for you entering the lifestyle whether you continue with them or not is a moot point but it does give you that what we said before that that sense of security in your relationship and don't be too hard on yourself when you're having these conversations if you do have you know moments of jealousy or moments of concern you know just uh have these conversations in in a loving and open manner and also one more thing sorry one more thing is to watch watch porn Look at things and and read things. Look at blogs. Listen to podcasts. Figure out what interests you because those are also some really big parts of how you might approach the lifestyle. Just like you did. I mean, that was like you said. You like kind of made fun of yourself. Like I went on to Google and I typed in, you know. But it wound up being super helpful for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, I think that that's great. And I think like, you know, I used to always, you know, people are calling me up and sometimes they're like asking me for my advice. And I would always be like, you know, start role playing maybe and just bringing it up when, you know, you're having sex and stuff. But, you know, I think what's really important is to take those conversations and have them out of the bedroom too. That's when it starts to get like, this is maybe something we're going to do, right? Well, role playing is one thing, but you eventually have to start having those conversations outside of the bedroom. Like you said, not when your kids are around, you know, have them in a place where you can really discuss it. But that's when I think it starts to get more serious and you could really talk mm-hmm. about it, right? Yeah, exactly. And it does become more real then. Um, in fact, when we were inter- interviewing Dr. Justin Lay Miller, mm-hmm. he called it like the yuck, the yuck factor or something like that. Yeah. It's like when you're, when you're masturbating watching porn yeah. and you're really enjoying it and yeah. then you come and then afterwards you're like, oh, uh, I feel a bit no, gross, yeah. I feel a bit yuck. <laughs> and, and it's the same thing, you know, yeah. you're role playing, it's really hot and heavy, you're having sex with your partner, it's an amazing time. We get those questions a lot of guys will say to us, Oh, I was, you know, like, well, I was role playing with my wife, like she was talking dirty to me in the bedroom. She seemed really turned on. So now I'm going to go arrange a threesome. But in the light of day, she's saying, no, what's going on? And it's like, well, because she was having sex with you and had all the endorphins running around and was letting loose and didn't have the, the stigma and the responsibilities of life, you know, in the, in it's not a real conversation, but you know, in the light of day, it is a real conversation. Yeah, I'm always like, when you're like horny, it's sort of a, a, you're like in a disassociated state or something. I'm sure, you know, a doctor could talk about it, but you really feel like drunk. It's not like you're not really thinking the same way you do when you're not. And like you say, the minute you have an orgasm, you're like, boom, back to reality. (laughs) And it is a different sort of place to be. And that's when I feel like I hear from couples that like, it's when they started to talk about it outside of the bedroom is when they got closer to that time where they were able to actually go out and do it. Now, do you guys have any rules now in place that you always have? Like, can you guys play separately? Do you always play together? 
So we do have uh, rules, which is it's mainly around uh, health and safety. So yeah. we use protection. I would say always, but our latest podcast was actually about us breaking this rule very, very recently. And we did an entire podcast episode about what happens when you break a rule. Yeah. Um, it's the one and only time we've broken that rule in six years of, of being non-monogamous. But normally it is um, protection and health and safety are the big ones for us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we do we do play separately. Um, sometimes when I travel for work, because uh, I actually run Swingers events, multiple day Swingers Hotel takeovers, I run them. And sometimes Daryl can't be there. And so if I'm traveling or visiting a club or something like that, we may have a discussion about, you know, is this a time when I'm going to go and play separately or not? You know, recently he said, look, I don't really want you to play separately on this trip. And we said, okay. And then the time before that, he was like, I really want you to play on this trip. So I played on that trip. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, it's just down to that communication and what feels right for your relationship in the moment. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point to make in that, you know, what might be right for somebody today, maybe three weeks from now, just because the way they're feeling, they're not. And it's just about a matter of trusting to know that your partner can go with that flow and be cool with it. Whatever's yeah. happening at that moment, because things could change. Like you said, one time your husband's like down with it and wants it. And so one time he's like, not this time. I don't want that to go down. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, can you give me like a hot story? I mean, like, is it, let me just ask you real quick though. You did say you just broke the rules. People could go and listen to that podcast. It's a recent one that you put out. Like who broke the rule? Did you have sex without a condom? Like who was it in your relation? Like what, what went down? Yeah, It was actually both of us and it was without condoms, the both of us. So we (laughs) were playing with, with a couple and for, it was honestly, I would say it was a miscommunication, but it was just a serious lack of communication. And what happened was we both thought each other was playing without condoms. And for whatever reason, our minds were, I guess, much more liberal than they normally would be. And we we're in the moment and both of us just went, oh, I see, you know, Daryl's playing without a condom. I'll play without a condom. And he thought I was playing without a condom. So he started playing without a condom. And we weren't actually mad at each other. Whereas if this happened, I think three or four years ago, there would have been some very difficult um, weeks after that, you know, dealing with this rule broken. Yeah. But um, I think it was just a moment of like, oh, we both did that, probably don't want to do it again. And obviously all the testing and everything that's that's following all of that and the precautions you have to take. But it was both of us on the same night. So that was, yeah, <laughs> with another couple. Now, did you feel like it has strengthened your relationship? The, the lifestyle in general? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has. I mean, it definitely has some elements of strengthening your communication with your partner. I think it also has elements of strengthening you as an individual because if if you're all of a sudden placed into a situation where you're in a club and you have to start flirting with people and you've got to be maybe a little bit more charismatic – you and then you've got a presentation coming up at work yeah. you know what I mean it's like yeah. oh, okay well this is just a presentation and I'm doing it with all my clothes on so you know this is going to be easy um versus maybe you know trying to hold court at a, at a swingers resort when you're when you're naked and you know all the, you're just there and all of your barriers and all of your masks are dropped so I think it has definitely helped um, us just in in life in general but as well as in our relationship Oh yeah, that's that's super interesting. So not even just as a couple, just as a person, it gives you more confidence because you're sort of facing fears and stuff in yeah. while you're in the lifestyle. Like you said, just walking around naked, broad daylight, right? Just it's yeah. sort of like you have no, you know, you're, there's no mask. You know, it, it's fully who you are, and I think that that's scary in life for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard from people who have said, you know, I finally asked for that promotion at work because if you start being more confident in yourself and, yeah. you know, when when you go out and you're dating other people, whether it's a single or a couple or a group of people, whatever it might be, when you're dating those people, your first interaction, that new relationship energy, when you're, you know, in, in a manner of speaking, selling yourself to these other people, you're giving yeah. them the highlight reel. And and then you kind of walk away going, you know what, I am pretty goddamn amazing and I am going to ask for that bloody promotion at work. And so, um, you know, I think that we've heard from people that that's happened and it's been really positive for them as well. They started to get their confidence up in general and they were like, you know what, I'm what the hell? What can they say? No, I'm going to go for it. And they've gotten the promotion. Right. And now, so could you, is there any kind of great memory that you could talk about, like the hottest experience ever? I'm sure you have more than one, but like, is there anything, yeah. you, could, you know, give me some good stories before we go out? 
Absolutely, yeah. So you're right. There is there is many many highlight reels, but one yeah. of them that comes to mind, particularly when we talk about the puppy pile as well. We were having there's about I think there was about 15 or 16 people in the room, mostly couples. Um, there was a few singles in there as well, and uh, everybody was just really vibing, really enjoying each other. People were walking around naked. Some people were having a break, having a drink, watching other people fuck on the bed. But it was a really busy bed, a really busy lounge room. And I played with a few different females. I played with a couple of different men. And one of the experiences was that there was a, a spa bath and a window cutout. And there were people playing in the spa bath and people playing in the bed. And I was in between. I was in that cutout area. But I was actually leaning on a naked lady. So she was behind me kind of against the, against the little cutout area that was leading into the bathtub. So she was getting people touching her from behind that were also having sex in the, in the spa. And then I was, you know, up against her and her had her breasts behind me and her naked body behind me. Mm -hmm. And her husband had just finished with another lady, went away, cleaned up, came back. And he saw me basically laying on his wife Mm -hmm. and he came over and then started fucking me from the front whilst I had his naked wife behind me and then people behind her in the spa bath and there was people you know when I'm visually looking forward he's fucking me and I can see people fucking on the bed everybody having a good time there's people behind me and it was just a really sensual sexy moment right there you go I mean that so you've had threesomes foursomes fivesomes orgies yeah all of the all of the things (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about sex positivity, you know, like we want to have a, you know, what do you, what does that term mean? Cause I feel like people throw that word around and sometimes I'm like, I don't even really know exactly what that means. I'm like, am I sex positive on my show? I don't know. Like what does that mean to you or what is the correct definition of that? Because I think some people aren't really clear, including myself. It can, yeah, you're right. It can mean different things for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I, I feel it means in, in the way that I approach things in general is that I, for myself, I want sex positivity for myself. So I want to remove some of the stigmas that I grew up in with my um, upbringing being that, you know, a woman doesn't have sex to be enjoyed. She has sex because it's a wifely chore and these types of things. So for me, for myself, being sex positive is not pushing down or allowing some of those stigmas on my own experiences to dim my light, you know. So when I do masturbate, when I look at porn, when I have sex with other people's husbands, not walking away and going, oh, my God, you slutty whore, you know, it's all bad. Yeah. So that's one side. And the other side for me is is supporting other people in their sexual endeavors, you mm-hmm. know, telling them that, you know, you mentioned before cut queening, you mentioned cuckolding, you've mentioned some BDSM, embracing the fact that, it's okay to do those things as well. Yeah. It's okay to be in alternative relationships. It's okay to explore your sexuality. It's okay to have sexual activities that, you know, maybe general society thinks you shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. and, pra- and practicing and those sorts of things. So embracing those um, fetishes and kinks and those sorts of things. So really trying to tell people, hey, if what you're doing is, you know, not hurting anybody, obviously it's all consensual. If what you're interested in, then then absolutely go and do that and try it and, and see if it is for you or, or not and, and try to stop that negative self-talk that might creep up because you think you're doing the wrong thing. Right. And don't worry about it from other people too. I mean, because I think that that's a, a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I love that what, you know, and putting your face on your podcast, putting your stuff out there and really going out and living it and, and telling people about the lifestyle. I think you help that on your show. Now, why don't you give shout outs to everything again, your podcast? Like I said, I'll have links to everything. If you could send me a couple pics, I'm sure people could see one, but if you could send me some pics for my Patreon, that'd be great. But why don't you give yeah, again, like all your information, you're on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kate and I'm one half of the Wanderlust Swingers podcast. And you can find our podcast on all of your favorite podcast catches wherever you're actually listening to this one. You can just search mm-hmm. Wanderlust Swingers. And our website is wanderlustswingers.com. And that's the best place for finding all of our links to social media, to our YouTube, to our events and those kinds of things. I love it. Thank you so much, Kate, for calling in. I I love everything that you said. I think you're you know, it's super informative and there's so many people that are always listening to my show wanting to know more about the lifestyle and I think your podcast will be, uh, you know, they'll be happy to go and, you know, check out your podcast because you were great on my show so I can just imagine they'll learn so much more when they go check out your show as well. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And everybody out there listening, don't be too hard on yourself. If you find something, a fetish or a kink that you think is exciting, go and research it and find out more about it. And don't be so hard on yourself. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.